I think that's the hardest part to get started and to get to that point where you don't feel like you have to explain yourself for what you're actually doing and why you're doing it and why you're not doing the same thing as everyone else. At the point where I stop worrying about what other people think about what I'm doing, I got actually even more successful. Hello, hello, academics with businesses or aspiring businesses, maybe. But either way, <laughs> welcome to another episode with your host, Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Today, we're talking with Dr. Kat. Uh, she is going to pronounce her name. I gave it a shot on the interview, um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful name, but I don't want to botch it uh, on this uh, wonderful intro of her. I think you're going to like this episode because it's actually in a discipline that we rarely have, which is a discipline of the natural sciences. So she's going to share with you her background in her research, um, which is in actually pharmacology and what she did in pharmacy school, but actually how she started to get obsessed with social media. And she was using it to build her research career. So one wing of her business actually helps other researchers and scientists and academics get their knowledge out there in a mainstream way. And she teaches the value of social media to do just that. That I th was a fascinating part of the conversation. So if you're a researcher and you want your knowledge to be out there into the mainstream public, if you want to be getting more talks um, and be, you know, getting potentially maybe even interviews in public uh, forms, following her would be amazing, right? The other thing she does is she also is an athlete. And um, I've watched her transform her body online. We're actually in a online mastermind group around copywriting. That's where I met her. And she does weightlifting and uh, bodybuilding. And so she's was sharing that journey. And so as a fitness and health kind of coach online, she's built this huge Instagram following and following around fitness. Um, and so she's been doing some health coaching. She also um, shares how this lifestyle kind of coaching, this fitness coaching is, you know, how it may be seen as I don't even know if the word is competitive, but at odds, that's the better word, with the work she does as a as a scientist. And there are people who question her choice to show her body online. So we talk about tons of stuff in this episode. It's chock full of advice, but also just the discussion of how do you balance these multiple identities that we have online and why personal branding is so important for us as, as, as academics and why that actually allows us to build what we want to build, uh, talk what we want to talk about and create a business um, that we love. And uh, so, yeah, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. It's also um, a great conversation as well. Um, her being in just kind of a different part of the world um, in Germany I don't know if she's actually living in Germany right now, but she is German. <laughs> but living in a different part of the world um, and seeing how they're also, you know, how she's also building an English audience um, and different, you know, what's happening internationally when it comes to running an online brand. So I think you're really going to love this conversation. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to another episode of Academics Mean Business. Today, we have Dr. Marin Katarina Price. How'd I do with that one? 
Yes, not bad, not bad. Oh, okay, I know. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my German name. The problem with the German is like this harsh German. Um, it's really hard to pronounce for most people. So you would say Maren Katharina Preis, but that's exactly the reason why I go by Katie by now, or Katie, ah. or Doctor Cat from Katharina, because I just. Yeah, at some point I got tired of trying to explain how to pronounce my Tough. name. Stop. Do you have a lot of do you have a lot of like English speaking clients or do you do you have a lot of your clients are in Germany? Um actually yeah, it's 95% English speaking clients and ah. my whole life happens in English because I left Germany more mm. than 3 years ago and yes, most of the time I speak English and yeah, so I'm you're attracting an English client. <laughs> I'm attracting English speaking client. Actually, it's funny. I have some um, German followers on social media. They don't even know that I'm German. So whenever I'm in Germany ah. and I <laughs> I post something, a video in German, I get messages. Oh my god, your German is so good. Where did you learn German? It's like I am German. So people, I was born there. <laughs> <laughs> I was born there. I'm actually German. People don't even know. Um, That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> yes. Uh, so even my German friends by now, they say like they're not used to seeing me speaking German because I'm mm. always all over the place. When I left Germany in 2015, um, I first moved to Finland, but now I'm kind of traveling all over the world. And yes, everything happens in English. Right? <laughs> there you go. Well, there we go. A little background there on Dr. Cat. I'll go with Dr. Cat. That's pretty Dr. easy. Dr. Cat me. is fine. Awesome. So Dr. Cat, uh, we on this podcast start with the academic background, that journey. So I take it you didn't do college in Germany. If you could give us just a little background on where you got your PhD, um, the kind of work that you do, uh, what you studied, those kind of details. Yes. So actually, I studied in Germany. We don't have this college university system in Germany. Ah, so okay. when you graduate high school, when you're usually when you're 18 or 19, you can straight away apply to universities. So you can go for applied science universities or like regular universities. Um, and what I did, I applied to pharmacy school. The reason mm. for that was... Um, I was good in natural sciences. I didn't really like natural sciences, but I was always but good. But you were good at it. <laughs> I was good at it, like physics and chemistry and mm. biology. I don't even know why. It was just, it was logical. So, and I'm a person, I like to think strategic and everything that has rules worked for me. And mm. that's what's happened for me when I looked at, well, I don't know chemistry, formulas, all these things. And I was mm -hmm. a fan of languages and traveling, but I thought, okay, I don't want to study languages. French was my thing. But I thought, no, I don't want to end up being a French teacher in school. So the very mature 18-year-old cat was like, I'm <laughs> going to study something with natural sciences. But I couldn't decide which one I liked the most because I didn't like any of them. So... <laughs> That's how I discovered pharmacy school, because it's hmm. kind of a mix of all natural sciences. You can work mm -hmm. with people. I was not so like interested in medications and, and treatments and all these kind of things. So I thought, okay, pharmacy school sounds interesting because it's a mix of everything. And I kind of like to do a bit of everything. And I applied to pharmacy school, got in, started studying pharmacy. And in the first year, I had to go to pharmacy for like a first internship. And I noticed... I don't want to work in a pharmacy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, well, I continued the studies. I noticed, okay, I really like research. I like figuring out stuff. I like to discover new things and find solutions. 
Um, yeah, so it was clear to me, okay, I want to stay at the university and get a PhD after finishing the pharmacy studies. Mm. So I graduated, I got my certification uh, as a licensed pharmacist in Germany and applied okay. for PhD studies. And I actually stayed in Germany at the same university in pharmaceutical technology, which is yeah, basically focusing on dosage forms or development of dosage forms, different types of drug delivery systems and my topic was orally disintegrating dosage forms and taste masking. Because hmm. if you put something in your mouth and it dissolves, it should taste good or at least acceptable. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. my focus was on children or medication for children. Mm. And mm-hmm. yeah, there the, the usual problem is if it tastes bad, then never want to take it again. Mm. And you, but mm-hmm. you still, you don't want to make it taste like sweet treats but it should be acceptable. So yeah. for like three, four years, I worked on developing orally disintegrating tablets, uh, films. Maybe you know these um, Eclipse, this breath refreshing stripes. Oh, that yeah, were where, it, where you put it on your tongue and it exactly. disappears. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did these or I made those in the lab, but with drugs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then I added a bunch of like flavors and sweetness and played around with the taste of it so that you could literally just like put it on your tongue and you get your medication in without the need of water. So that was my research focus. And I was really into that topic. It had a purpose helping children, but also elderly. And Mm -hmm. I went crazy. Usually, what do, you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I went crazy, meaning I published 12 scientific papers ah, within three years of my PhD. That, yes, that is very intense. Yes. Um, I got some awards for my work. Um, I even received an award for the most outstanding doctoral thesis in pharmaceutical science in the years oh, 2014, awesome. 2013. Thank nice. you. And well, everyone said like, okay, Kat, she's going to be the one. She's going to be at the university. She will become a professor and mm. academic career. That's for her. And after my PhD, I decided, um, yeah, okay, I'm going to do a postdoc. And I was working for a company. I was working in a pharmacy, actually, what I never really wanted to do, but the money was good. So I did some weekend shifts in the pharmacy and I did research at the university all at the same time. Wow. And I was trying to figure out what I actually want to do. I still had mm-hmm. in my head like, okay, I should become a professor at some point. So I need to do mm. research, 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 publish, get more projects and do more. Um, at some point I got that offer to go to Finland uh, where the professor that I knew from some other projects was like, I could use someone like you in our office or in our lab to take care of projects of PhD students. And I thought, okay, maybe that's the thing that I should do. I have to get out of Germany and do something else. So I went to Finland and I continued working, 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 working. And, mm-hmm. But I never really felt like I accomplished something. It's mm-hmm. just like... Interesting. Yeah. it It felt like always I have to do more I have to do more but I never yeah I got to that point where I was happy with my work you know mm. and I the re- one reason why I wanted to stay at the university was that I could kind of like do my own thing sure I could have scored a good job um, in pharmaceutical industry with my qualifications but I never mm-hmm. wanted to go there because I thought okay then I put all my energy my creativity in these projects but then maybe Someone up there in the board decides, okay, now we won't continue with that. And I knew mm-hmm. it would frustrate me. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, I wouldn't be happy with a job uh, where someone tells me what to do. So mm-hmm. this already brought me to the point, okay, at some point I need to do my own thing. Mm. Um, and what I always did, I was always active on social media. Um, my colleagues back when I was studying and when I was doing my PhD, they were always making fun of me. They actually <laughs> made a hat for me for my graduation with all these social media icons like Twitter, Facebook and everything <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, they were making fun of me until that one point when someone came to my office and said to me, like, I just Googled something related to your um, research. And the first thing that pops up on Google is a picture of you. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I noticed like the power of Google search engines and social media. Mm-hmm. I just did it mm-hmm. naturally. Just always, I always like to share my private stuff and my work stuff. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and some at some point people came to me and asked me, hey, how do you use Twitter? Um, should we have this for our company? Should we have this for mm. our organization? So even the scientific organizations asked me for help. So I kind of got into this consulting or social media consulting. Mm. And first I did it for free. But at some point mm-hmm. I decided to say, hey, this is what I'm, I'm really good at that. Mm-hmm. So why not monetize mm. the things that I can do? still having the scientific background. Um, yes. And this is how I started my first consulting business only one and a half years ago, actually focusing on helping people to set up social media accounts, how to maintain them, how to understand what to do with social media and Google and search engines. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I'm I'm an athlete and I do a lot in the mm-hmm. fitness lifestyle area for myself. So I kind of built up my own brand in this area. And the more successful I got with the fitness and lifestyle with my own training and competitions, I even mm-hmm. had people ask me to for fitness coaching. Ah. So I kind of had this like two businesses suddenly at the same time. Mm-hmm. This fitness lifestyle social media part, but also the strategies for science and academics how to use social media to promote your own research and your your work work. Mm -hmm. and yes this is how my business started and at the moment it's just it's it's growing and growing and it's really interesting to see because I feel like during the last one or two years like people are more aware that they can actually use social media for more Mm -hmm. than just sharing a picture of their cats or their breakfast you know Mm -hmm. right (laughs) That's so funny. I love that you do this work for scientists and academics, I think, for the social media piece. Like, I think there's a, yeah, you know, we're definitely in a transition period for, I think, being a professor, like a public intellectual. Um, But I think now it's easier than ever before to really get our information out there. And so they'd be leaving something on the table. Um, You know, they're, they're basically hiding behind the institution or their journal, you know, um, the journal, I don't, it's not a paywall, but like, you know how you can't access every journal out there. So instead of it getting out to the general public, it's, it's hidden. And I think social media really opens researchers up to the public. And I think that that's so, so important. Is it hard to find clients in that area? There's a little bit of that with um, academics where they don't realize that they need help around this. So how have you been finding clients for that? Well, actually at at conferences, at scientific conferences. Oh, yeah. Because I was lucky that uh, my supervisor in my PhD time, he always wanted us to go to as many conferences as possible Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. present our research. 
And this is how I connected with a bunch of people all over the world. And they started following my social media and they oh, saw me also, for example, platforms uh-huh. like LinkedIn, ResearchGate, they're more like the scientific or professional networks. But I also mm-hmm. shared content there and shared where I'm going and what I'm doing. So people could always see, okay, what is she doing now? And where is she yeah. now? And she has a new website and she's doing this and she's offering some coaching there. Or then I shared some interviews mm-hmm. and people just got curious. So they kind of came to me and messaged me about that. And the same point, like people saw that, okay, they Google something related to the research and topic and mm-hmm, it's me coming mm-hmm. up. It's like, how do you do that? It's like, mm. well, it's, it's not only that I write a paper, submit it, and it's like published. And then it magically shows up where people need it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I started sharing the links or like some small abstracts on social media or talked mm. about it. And like this, it got like more, yeah. Yeah, more people to read it or more people reaching yeah. out to me who wanted to learn more, especially platforms like ResearchGate, where you can request publications from another author if you don't have access at your institution. So and I was really active, always posting uh, when I had new publications or kind of creating some posts and projects within the platform. Um But also one thing is you can have your own website and post a Mm. blog post about your research. You don't need to share all the details, but you can just say, hey, I have a new paper and I'm talking about this. or we found out this. If you want to check it out, go there, maybe add one or two pictures and just being present in the Internet. Because let's face it, at the end, if you want to hire someone or if you're looking for speakers for a conference, what do everyone Googles? Yep. Yep. Unless you know someone who's good in a certain topic, you're like, oh, I I can email that person. You're going to start Googling. And if you find, I always take the example, you're having a conference about blue crystals. So you need speakers who can talk about blue fancy crystals. So what do you Mm do? So you maybe know one or two uh, professors, but you would need some other speakers. So you start Googling for blue crystals. Yep. And then there is katiesbluecrystals.com <laughs> the blog and then you see oh it's not just like some random thing it's it's actually a research group who's working on this yeah. and then you see oh. the pictures and the publications and some insights in the research group and you just see like okay this person shows up and then maybe there's even a link yep. to a podcast or a recording from a conference where the person's talking and you just see that person say like yep I want this person yep. I want this person for my conference I want this one for faculty position and this is how you get noticed by Mm. just putting yourself out there or like promote yourself even as a researcher as a personal brand Mm -hmm. and that's kind of my approach yeah 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 very cool very very cool so what has been what's been one of the harder things to do as an entrepreneur having your own business I think having the business at all and trying to step <laughs> right? out out of this thinking just like I'm an academics, I'm a postdoc mm. or a researcher or assistant professor, and I want to do something differently than everyone else. I think yeah. that's that's the hardest part. And sometimes I'm still struggling with it. And when mm-hmm. I started, I didn't really talk to my colleagues at the university about it. I just Ooh. I just did it. And yeah. it took me a while to have that conference to say it's like, hey, 
this is actually my business. I'm making money with that and I'm successful and it makes sense. It's just I'm, I'm providing value. It's not just me going crazy and trying to get out of university. I'm actually doing something with a value for the society mm. or for researchers who wants to put themselves out there, who want to score the better job or the talk at a conference. And yeah, I had to get to that point because at the beginning, everyone is always looking, okay, why is she always posting so much? Why is she on all the social mm. media platforms? Why is she always on her phone? Yes, that's the, one of the problems. I'm always on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, because I'm always checking and reposting, but I'm also in contact with my clients. Um, but yeah, because social media, that's a good thing about today. We have a phone. We can like run a business on our smartphone. Right. And, that's such um, an amazing part of it. Yeah. It's so yeah. accessible. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started. I didn't do most of the thing on my computer. I started with these platforms using mm. the apps on my, com uh, on my smartphone. And yeah, some people are like, yeah, that's not really a business. Social ah. media is not a business. And the things that you do, you just do for fun. And you, you can't make a living out of that. So I think that's the hardest part to get started and to, yeah, get to that point where you don't feel like you have to explain yourself for what you're actually doing and why you're doing it and why you're not doing the same thing as everyone else. Ah, ah, that's really interesting. <laughs> I think um, for somebody, I, I relate to that um, because I know when I was running my business, I was nervous about telling people as well. And I, you know, I mean, I, I was a professor at the time and, and that was my full-time job. So I had my office hours. So I would do most of the stuff in, in my office and people like didn't even see it really. Um, and like not a lot of my faculty friends used used social media. So they didn't even follow me or anything like that. So um, I didn't get questions about it, but I did. I made myself uncomfortable. I was already assuming what they thought about me or were going to think about me. Um, and that impacted me not talking about it and not telling them what I was up to because I was kind of worried about how they would take it. Exactly, exactly. I think at the point where I stopped worrying about what other people think about what I'm doing, I got actually even more successful. Um, because totally. I, it was, it was kind of holding me back yeah. um, doing what I actually wanted to do, because I always felt like I have to hide what I'm planning or what I'm up to. And also with the fitness brand or the li fitness lifestyle brand that I have with the uh, fitness coaching at the beginning, I didn't tell anyone. It's like I used a, a nickname. I didn't tell any of my friends that I have these other accounts where I'm doing the fitness stuff. Mm -hmm. And I tried to hide it from everyone and just like build up this like second world <laughs> or life for myself <laughs> on the side. And by now, actually, I, I kind of combined it because mm -hmm. I can use my fitness brand where I have almost 20,000 followers, for example, on Instagram. I can just like, use this and show people from the academics like I know what I'm doing is, yeah. so I'm my own testimonial mm -hmm. um, kind of showing hey I know how to use all these platforms I know how things work and even if you you don't need to show your bikini pictures on Instagram you can show your your research work it's kind <laughs> of like you can use the same strategies for mm -hmm. different types of businesses I love and that. 
yeah, I had to get to that point that I can kind of combine these two things and that I'm not scared when I'm going to a conference and people ask me what else I'm doing. So, well, I'm going to the gym and occasionally I step on a stage in a bikini. By now, I just say this openly, but before I didn't, because mm. I always thought I have to separate this. There was one story, I, I always I always tell this story because I had a friend who messaged me and saying like, yeah, I, I discovered your like fitness Instagram. Um, I know, but you're doing the academics and the research and the, the business coaching. But what if some people from like your business partners discover your fitness Instagram and they see pictures of you in sports clothes and bikinis or things like this? And I was like, well, this is another nickname. And if you actually try to find it, you have to first have to figure out my nickname. You have to get there. And if this person um, makes the effort to find my fitness Instagram, <laughs> to stalk my bikini pictures, mm -hmm. then I think the only one that is um, acting unprofessional is the person who's stalking the other Instagram <laughs> right? and then telling me you're unprofessional. I don't mm -hmm. want to work with you. I think like, no, I think it's kind of like the other way around. Yep. Um, but I had to get to that point to yep. like say like, no, both parts are me and mm -hmm. both parts make me the person that I am today mm -hmm. and make me the person that is successful yep. in a business based on social media and promoting a personal brand. It yep. doesn't matter if it's fitness or if it's academics. And yeah. It's the same strategies. It took, yeah. It's the same strategies. And I think everyone needs to build a personal brand. It doesn't mm. matter if you're working in a corporate job, if you're working at the university, if you have your own business, or if you're just working a nine to five. At the end, you are the one who has the job, who gets the mm. salary, who wants to get promotions at some point because everyone wants to make more money over time. So you have to, even if you're not putting yourself out there on all the social media platforms like Instagram, Twitter, whatever, you kind of have to build your personal brand mm. to show your boss or your potential clients what you're doing. And what I'm telling PhD students and postdocs like, Well, you, if you are one of these people who want to stay in academics, if you want to score that faculty position, mm. um, if you want to become a professor, then you still have to build your personal brand because at the end they will look at your research and your research needs to be not only on the publisher's page. No, you should have your own websites, mm -hmm. your own platforms where you're showing off what you're doing and not only copy pasting the link to the publisher's page, but showing off yourself, mm -hmm. your value yep, yep. and what you can actually do. Yep. And this is how we stand out compared to mm. the other 50,000 people in this world yep. that are working probably on the same research topic. That's such great advice. And it's, it's interesting because this topic has been coming up both in the academics mean business community. I think someone was talking about they're going up for tenure this soon. And the backup plan for going up to up for tenure, and let's say you don't get it is you're supposed to be searching for jobs, which how demoralizing, right. like you're searching for jobs, right. but you're also applying to this, you know, this board of people who get to decide whether or not you stay like that's really scary, right? Emotional. So she's like, I think I'm going to work on a side business instead of a going for another job. And I was like, that is such an interesting way of looking at it. So For her, um, it's building a business on the side in case she doesn't get tenure. There was another guest I had uh, recently who uh, was building a side gig for the last few years and her postdoc funding ran out. So she's like, 
oh, now's the moment. So she's like, I think having a, and so then she was able to basically casually kind of go all in in her business, but it wasn't starting from zero. It was starting from kind of a, a pretty established, like making about, I think she said like 60% of her salary that she would bring home. So for her, it was a plan B in case, you know, um, you know, something doesn't work with the institution or whatever. And so you're bringing up this idea of how you can actually use it for the institution, uh, having right. personal branding, having that process in place for social media, showing behind the scenes of your research, like having followers has clout. And um, yeah, I was on hiring committees at a community college and I would Google people. I mean, they turned in these like fancy well, who doesn't? packets. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you? So you want to control what people see, right? Exactly. Yeah. So and if you, well, it could be that there are still some party pictures from like 10 years ago, <laughs> yeah. but if you have an active um, social media presence there, exactly. the first 50 results will be like you, what you actually want people to see mm -hmm. before they actually get maybe to like a birthday party where you were when you were 16 and had too much beers, right? So, <laughs> right. so they will first find the first 50 results will be related to your research, mm. your accomplishments, maybe some awards, some pictures. I don't know, you've been at a conference and mm -hmm. you took some pictures with the most renowned researchers in the world um, or some interviews you had, some articles you wrote, you want these things to show up when people Google you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think this is why it's such a great strategy. And actually I um, will give a talk about that in Washington DC later oh, this year at cool. a pharmaceutical conference in mm -hmm. the career track because I Smart. actually submitted um, a workshop proposal saying like, Hey, we need to work on building personal brands to push mm. academic careers. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really excited for that and to come back to the US. I haven't been in the US for a year. And oh, wow. so it's a good reason to come back to actually talk about personal branding for academics. Mm -hmm. But I th still think, yeah, people need to learn a bit more and like understand how they can use it because I still see a lot of people being scared to mixing mm -hmm. um, yeah, social media, which most people still think about something that you can do for your private stuff. Yeah, for your with friends your business. or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, now, I mean, it, I think a lot has changed in the last few years, too, just with like live video and this kind of behind the scenes feel in everyone's life. And I think mm -hmm. even even just on a personal level, that's a whole other level of of intimacy that it wasn't there in these spaces before and so now as a professional you know you can try to prevent yourself from being on social media but you're basically saying that's a loss and it's hurting you and so, so there's some people that are really afraid to put themselves out there because they don't want to mix the friends and the professional but then at the same time that's probably hurting you in the long run. And so how, how to do it appropriately and how to do it to your advantage, I think is definitely something that academics need to be taught for sure. Yeah, I call it the social scientist. Oh, um, cute. <laughs> because, yeah, well, you don't need to put so much private information or personal information out there. Mm. You just have to like put your research out there. So you can, for example, you could create an Instagram account about the fancy blue crystals and mm -hmm. you could share start sharing um nice pictures that you made in the lab of some microscopy pictures for example and always like write a few 
interesting captions about the details and people might mm-hmm. still share it because they say, oh my god this looks interesting because it's just mm-hmm. like something nice visuals to look at so this could be like a start you don't need to share pictures of your dog or yourself um or what you're eating at all or common. what you're eating that's always like a the typical <laughs> like too. instagram or social media thing still yeah um yep. so you can just yeah, that's how I usually try to work with my clients, telling them so mm. you don't have to put yourself out there, but mm-hmm. your work. Yeah, and sure, it it helps to have at least like one profile picture of you somewhere on the about page, for example, so that people can actually <laughs> see helpful. you. Yeah, <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah. you don't need to share so much about your personal things. You just have to share about your work and see your mm. work as your, yeah. That makes personal, sense. The content of your personal brand. Yeah. Gary V talks about this, right? He, I think he, his, I don't, he has some cute little sentence or something, but it's along the lines of document your process or something like that. I think we get hung up in, oh, I, yes, I met this famous scientist or, you know, I turned in, you know, um, a proposal today for a talk or I submitted, you know, a, a study to a journal. And so we, we mark these milestones. And so we get, we go, oh, well, I don't have enough to do that every day. I don't do that every day. So I, he was kind of the first person that was like, people want to know what's going on every day. Like what's documenting the entire process. So, you know, yeah, the mess up in the lab where the fire alarm goes off or the, you know, like all these different things that that are happening in the day-to-day life of an academic or a scientist are things that are worthy of being shared. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but it's interesting because now you have a person to follow their whole journey, not just these moments of achievement exactly exactly we did this we um in the lab in finland where i'm working we're focusing on using 3d printers to produce Mm, medicine and Mm -hmm. here and there we get a new printer and what i usually Mm do i film a quick video on the phone oh that's and we share this on our facebook page or in a Mm -hmm. blog post on the group's website and Mm -hmm. this this is the kind of stuff that gets noticed because like, oh, yep. that's interesting. What are they doing there? So yeah, everyone knows how to use a 3D printer to print, I don't know, toys. But then we start printing medicine or like start printing some first bits. Um, yeah, and this is how you like, yeah, get the attention. And people mm-hmm. just like, some people maybe just like, they just watch because, okay, there's something technology and we want to look at it. And then mm-hmm. see, oh my God, it's actually printing medicine. Okay, I want to look into that. And this yeah. is, again, even if it's not like, someone you want to work with at least it gets you engagement and clicks and Mm -hmm. this at the end helps again to rank higher in search results so you don't only have to think about i don't know the next conference organizer or Mm -hmm. the next um committee at a university that you want (laughs) to uh impress you can also think about the the general public because at the end this will help you rank higher once the recruiter starts googling for someone who's working on blue fancy crystals if i take this example again got it very cool yeah that makes a ton of sense and yes that's how yeah engagement and how that kind of works that's why you get prioritized in the very different feeds that we're in cool so um, I think this is a good uh, time to ask one of my favorite questions on the podcast, which is what part of your research or your academic studies or your um, time in the classroom do you think is benefiting you running these multiple businesses and, and, and building an income um, that isn't through the academy? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think 
organizing a bunch of projects at the same time. Ooh, I think yeah. that is what I learned during my PhD studies. We had yeah, 12 research papers in three years. Yeah, right, you were probably yeah. pretty organized. Yeah, I had to be actually I, I, I planned my first three to four papers within the first six months of my PhD wow, study. That's because amazing. I already had a plan what I wanted to do. And I was lucky that the topic like not many people worked on these new dosage forms back oh, then. So, so there were yeah, there were mm -hmm. one or two to products there was the european pharmacopoeia there was like nothing in there yeah. about it so it was kind of open and i said okay let's look at other dosage forms what needs to be covered mm -hmm. so um the characterization the production what types are there like um all these different groups so i kind of made a huge plan about all the different topics that i want to cover and Yeah, then I Just started building up my work around that, which <laughs> yeah. means I had five projects at the same time. I wow. still had to work with some undergrad students and I worked in a pharmacy here and there. So my my whole time as a PhD student and also later as a postdoc was project management and time mm. management. I actually mm -hmm. took a course in my second year of my PhD. It's like, okay, I need to get better at this. I need to learn how to manage my time better and how to do all the yep. things that I need to do and how to prioritize because otherwise I would go crazy at some point. And mm -hmm. I think this helped me a lot because also with my business, I did the same. It's like, okay, I want to build a business by teaching people how to use social media for building their personal brand. Mm -hmm. And then you come up, well, as a creative researcher, you just come up with 50,000 ideas and you of want course. to do everything at the same time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have these days where I just work for 20 hours straight. I can actually do that. But the problem is then I get a work hangover. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I'm just like like in a depressing for, depression for two That days to me too. and mm -hmm. do nothing at all. And mm -hmm. then I have to start from scratch. So mm -hmm. I really had to force myself to get back to my time and project management plans and said, okay, where do I put work blocks for this? How do I plan this? My short-term goals, my mid-term goals, my long-term mm. goals. And that's the only way I can run this business between the fitness coaching, um, the social media coaching for health coaches and the social media coaching for academics because otherwise yep. it wouldn't work out. So Time management and project management, that's what I learned during my time at the university and that I really, really need for my business because otherwise good. I would end up in psychiatry. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, what I find, I feel, well, academics are tend to be type A, get a lot of stuff done, have a bunch of things on their plate. We tend to be very productive. Um, so you're not, you're not um, alone um, in, in that for sure. So I'm curious how you approached starting a business because I know in academia, I, it sounds like you had a really, probably had a really good mentor or teacher to be able to say, look, this is how you, this is how you're going to crank out 12 articles in the next, you know, three years. This, you know, this is how you play the game. Um, do you, did you go to anyone um, or any, did you download courses or buy courses or hire a coach or anything like that around business building? Because if you're like me, I mean, I feel like I didn't know what I was doing. I knew how to play the game of academia, but, but starting a business was a whole other ball game. So I'm curious where you went for help. Well, first I went nowhere because I always think I can do everything on my own. That's that also <laughs> sounds like an academic, yes. Yes, yes that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I had one um, workshop about leadership and leadership potential, 
hmm. also back um, at the university, we had this kind of postgraduate academy where we could choose different courses, where I took the time management oh, and cool. project management course, um, something about um, good scientific practice. This one was mandatory. Um, nice. And then you could just like choose your own courses. Yeah, and I went for time and project management and leadership potential. So I think already back then I kind of had this feeling that I have to get more into do something bigger into something bigger. Yeah. But I never really mm -hmm. hired a business coach. And I have to admit, like at the beginning, when I just like said, okay, I'm going to start this business. Mm -hmm. I just filed all the papers and then I had a business. <laughs> that was your first move, LLC. I'm officially a business. <laughs> exactly. I'm officially a business. Yeah. Okay, let's take it from there. So there's always this saying like better done than perfect. And mm -hmm. once I had this paper saying, okay, I have my own company now. Now I feel like mm -hmm. you kind of feel empowered because you have yeah. this on paper and say, okay, let's do it. And I started watching a lot of YouTube videos about like yeah. business development and self-development, but I, I never really felt connected to anything or anyone because a lot of especially I kind of try to find like a female business coach and mm -hmm. a lot of them talk too much about alignment and mindset uh -huh. and I was like no I need the hard facts you're I, like where are the facts exactly the research people? I, I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a researcher I need facts I need to mm -hmm. know what to do and not just dance around a tree and mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry that I said but like for this. those coaches out there that dance around the trees no judgment no not, no judgment actually at the <laughs> Right by now, I actually appreciate some of these mm -hmm. coaches that are doing more this kind of mindset thing, because mm -hmm. right now at this point kind of helps me to kind of calm down, settle and to focus yeah. and find my priorities. But back then I was just like, no, I need the hard facts. How do I start yeah, tell this? Me what to do. Yeah. How, um, how do I write contracts and what do I tell people? Mm -hmm. What do, what about the legal stuff? So this was kind of mm -hmm. like what I was struggling with the most, but I always try to figure out everything myself I, I think I bought some mm. books and I watched some videos but I have to admit only at the end of last year so almost like one year in the business mm -hmm. I actually started hiring coaches mm -hmm. um, because it took me a while to realize actually hiring a coach is nothing bad it's just like yeah. um, you have to get to that point that you realize okay this is actually helping my business it's not mm -hmm. that I'm a failure it's just like it's mm. boosting what I'm already doing um, so I work with an online business manager. I also joined a um, oh, nice. female business mastermind, uh, with different types of coaches. And it was just a great thing for accountability for like new projects and things that you wanted to do. Mm. Um, I also hired a copywriter and went to ah, a copywriting yes. mastermind because I thought, okay, yes. I'm good at scientific writing apparently, mm. but it's really, it's really strict. It's just like easy sentences, not emotional. You just like, yeah, you just yeah. Well, you know, you just it's about yeah. the facts. You just yeah. like you have the introduction, then you have like the speaking the right language. Exactly, yeah, you definitely. have the introduction, the mm -hmm. methods, then you yeah shoot out all the results, and then you conclude that you found what you wanted to find. Hopefully, yep. Um, but when you actually want to attract clients and you would want to put something on your website, you have to talk in a completely different way. Yeah, and this yep. is something that I had to learn because I was always like so straightforward, and I had to learn like, no, you can't do it that way. You mm -hmm. have to find out what people actually need so that you can mm -hmm. write it that way. And yeah, that was something that I learned this year. So if I could go back, I should have hired. Uh, yeah, someone who helps me with copywriting and mm. someone who gets my, yeah, an online business manager way earlier. 
Yeah, the help, the help is huge. I kind of got into realizing that coaching is helpful. When I did my dissertation, I had a dissertation coach. And so I was like, oh, if someone can help me stay calm, like grounded, you mm. use that language, like, um, then I, I saw it as being really valuable. But then when I started my business and knew I wanted to get somewhere faster, I was like, if this person has either already done it or can support me in some way to make me do it faster so I'm not spinning my wheels, I think sometimes, um, at least as an academic, we might maybe get stuck, like get stuck in analysis paralysis, where maybe we're waiting for it to be a little too perfect, or we're waiting to take every course before we start something. Um, and so there, I, I noticed myself getting blocked in certain ways. And so I, I hired a coach pretty early. Um, and I felt like it was, you know, you never know how fast it moved you forward, but I felt supported during the process. And I think that was what I was looking for. Um, so yeah, so I think, you know, Dr. Kate's giving us just a little glimpse in what it would look like if you did do that earlier than you may feel comfortable. I think it is hard to when you're starting a new business. Um, and yeah, you're, you're in m money's coming in, but money is also going out. And, and as you, you hire people, it's, it's that balance that's really interesting. And I thought that as I built my business as a full-time professor, I was giving almost full-time to the business as well. And I was putting a lot of the money back in because I had mm -hmm. that you know, salary or whatever. And so that, I think, helped me in the very beginning to move quickly. Um, but yeah, I think that's great advice. Like if you if you can make it work or you can find an accountability partner or buddy or something, I think that can be really helpful too. Just someone else that cares about you and your business. So you don't feel so alone. I think that's a big part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I think especially as a researcher, you are kind of always mm. on your own or like, sure, mm -hmm. you have your your project partners, but at the end, it's like, it's just you. So, but when you're like making the transition to a business, it's actually... Yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of similar, but it helps so much to have people to talk. If it's just someone to talk to or like someone mm -hmm. to set goals with, I'm actually at the moment mm. at the same time running a mastermind. Um, of course with, you are. Yes, of course <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, a mastermind for, for online coaches, um, how to be creative. And it's, it's basically, it's a, it's a business coaching. So it's oh, like, cool. um, it's kind of how to use social media and to attract the right crowd by standing out on social media because I'm highly creative. I'm always coming up with new ideas to post and to create videos and lead people to the things that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So they actually come and check out my website and um, yeah, consider hiring me. And yeah, I'm teaching these women how to come up with ideas. For example, how, awesome. to, how to write captions or uh, funny captions, even when you're not funny. So <laughs> I I kind of like started doing this just like, yeah, from scratch. But at some point, the mm -hmm. analytical scientists came out and said, okay, what am I actually doing? And I... What I, is the pattern? Yeah. yeah and why, I, and I figured out like engaging? different types mm -hmm. of pattern, how I create the post and what I'm doing and kind of mm -hmm. put this all together in a course now and working one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one with a group of women. And yeah, kind of... I force them to put themselves out there. And so it's not nice. only a business coaching, it's also some kind of a mindset coaching. So I'm actually yeah, start yep. doing what I didn't like at all back in the days. <laughs> are you circling, running around trees? And, no, uh... <laughs> maybe for a video. 
maybe for a video. If it stops my scroll, then, then exactly, you will, right? exactly. If you see a scientist running around a, th- a tree, then you might say, "Oh, what is he doing there?" Right. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think. I think it's it's great. I think what I love about um, what we talked about so far is these different ways um, that you've made money online. Yeah. So I'm curious if you can kind of share with everyone maybe like what your current income streams are, like where. Um, so you have a mastermind. It sounds like you might have a course. Um, you do some one-on-one consulting. So just kind of tell us, paint a picture of how your business is set up right now, like where where money is coming in from. Right. Okay. Maybe we can start with the with the basic. I'm still affiliate with a sure. university so I, oh, I yeah. still have a research project at the university in Finland so I still get a mm-hmm. basic salary or like project salary as a postdoc at the university in Finland it's a project about 3d printing of medicine um, the good thing there is that it's kind of open and the Finnish university promotes or like supports open research so within this project I actually do what I also do for my business, promoting research and coming, Post it. yeah, oh, and wow. posting things. And I created also a newsletter about this research topic, where I'm not only sharing my own research, but in general, what is new in the area. So this is kind of part of a research project that I'm still doing with academics. And then there's my own business. So we already said I have the fitness coaching. So I have a few mm-hmm. clients there. Um, it's online coaching. Some people that I um, work with one-on-one. Um, then I have the mastermind that I just mentioned that I'm running. Then I have an, a course. So it's a self-paced course. So I had like some girls who were not ready to commit to a full mastermind, uh-huh. but they still wanted to learn how to yeah put themselves out there how to use social mm-hmm. media so i created a self-paced online course so this is a bit cheaper than the mastermind obviously mm-hmm. uh, where people can just like watch the videos and yeah and learn in 10 different um chapters how to stand out on social i call it social like katie um oh, cute so it, yeah, it's for people who just want to watch the course in the mastermind. Obviously, there you get the full package, the VIP treatment, because we have weekly calls, um, live videos in the group, homework. Mm. And yeah, the girls get a lot of tips, extras um, that you wouldn't get in the um, self-paced course. So I'm running one mastermind now. I'll probably run another one in fall. Then there is the social media consulting for companies mm-hmm. and for scientists. So, and I'm offering different packages there. I do one-on-one consulting, just one-time consultings. Then a mm-hmm. three-session strategy where we first assess what is there. And then we set up accounts together. And then we check back in in a third session, like how is it going? What can we optimize? Mm. And then there's the VIP where we also work like for one or two months to set everything up where I have access to the accounts yeah. and where we can yeah. just like really get this going. So there yeah. I in every area I have clients at the moment. So it's always but mm-hmm. it's always coming in waves. So sometimes there's more there and less there. Mm-hmm. Um and another reason why I need a good time management to fit in <laughs> um all these different areas. And then there was still like some affiliate um, income mm, because mm-hmm, I hear and there mm-hmm. got some sponsors, especially in the fitness area. Ah, so mm-hmm. yeah, multiple streams nice. of income. So even if one thing yeah. is not working out, or if I decide not to continue with a project at the university at some point, I still have yeah. all the other streams of income. So definitely. 
Very cool. What would you say your vision is for your business in the next few years? What are you what are you looking to accomplish? Well, I kind of hope that using social media uh, to build your personal brand, especially for academics, becomes a thing and that I'm the Mm -hmm. expert that people will refer to Mm -hmm. in a few years because so far... I don't see anyone in academics. I don't know anyone talking about exactly. That. I really don't. Um, yeah. There are some um, groups or like some universities that are like really active on social media, but for me, they're just yes. doing they're just doing the basics. They probably have a yeah. Twitter account and they just share a bit, mm. or some organizations they have a blog. But so far, it's the organizations themselves who are doing that, but not yep, the research individual. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I really see. Um, that this is such a great potential. And I, in a few years, let's say like in three to five years, I want to be the one where people say, she was the one who started all this and she was my coach back then. So we have to think big. And um, yeah, Yeah. this is my vision at the moment. We never know where it's going, but we have to have this big vision. And that's mine that I have right now um, and that I have for my business. Very cool. You know, um, I should connect you with Josie Alquist, who I think's podcast is coming out like this week or next. I'm not sure. Maybe tomorrow. Um, she does social media accounts for like universities and she works with like like the VPs and the people at those levels, the prince, the presidents and the prince, vice presidents and all of that. Um, and yeah, it's about, you know, kind of maintaining a reputation online. It's, it's more along those lines. Um, it's not personal branding of professors, but I think that could be a cool connection for you guys. Oh, definitely. Um, Sounds interesting. I think, yeah, I will, I will definitely connect you guys. I think she's in the Facebook group as well, but, um, yeah, that, that podcast interview might be a good one to listen to. Um, very cool. And I think, I think this is needed. Um, uh, you know, as we've talked about earlier. So, um, I love it and I, I can totally see it. I can totally see you being the, I'll be like, I knew her win or I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, it'll, you'll be my famous episode. Yeah. Um, you were the first <laughs> one the to, to interview me about that on the yeah, podcast. Right? There you go. <laughs> Write it down for all the publicity you'll get. Very cool. So a kind of final question um, as we kind of wrap things up is is often around advice. So you did mention like advice, maybe getting coaching earlier. Is there any other advice you would give someone for starting a business or, you know, getting their first clients or anything like that? Any any advice you have around that? I think saying better done than perfect Mm-hmm. Just getting started. We, I think we quickly had this that you feel like, okay, I first have to take 5,000 courses and read 10 books before mm-hmm. I start a business. And it actually keeps you from doing what you actually want to do. And you keep yeah. yourself busy yeah. with busy work. It's like thinking about, should I get some business cards? How do, should I set up a website? Should I do this? No, you, you don't need any of this. You can just mm-hmm. like start using the platforms that are already there. Uh, let it be the professional networks like LinkedIn or ResearchGate, uh, things like this. And setting up an account takes you literally two minutes. And you can yeah. basically start your business within a day. And I always think like, you should just get started and, and take it from there. Mm. And especially for if there are some students or postdocs listening to that and thinking now, yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I like my research, but I always wanted to get out that I think I could then do it. 
Um, do it. Yep. Because if you don't feel fulfilled in your work, even if you're good at it, then you should try to make a change because I was the same. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that I was good at it, but I was never really happy. And I thought I, I could, I can, mm. I can work as much as I want. I can publish as many papers as I want and take on five more research projects. I would never feel fulfilled because I'm such a free spirit and feel like I want mm. to help people and build my own business and yeah, be the boss of my own world and not being mm. stuck. Um, yeah in a university just like focusing research project and kind of have to listen to what the administration is saying and if I need to get some more funding there or if we can publish here or if, if we have to go there and I always thought no I just I need to break free and if any postdocs or people from academics listening to that and feel like yes this is me then I just say go for it better done than perfect start better now than ever <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it start with and you can start with your research something you know exactly you don't have to come up with something new yeah i love that well this has been such a fun interview i know it's a little bit late where you are in the world so i don't want to keep you hanging too long but um <laughs> you're obviously on social media so where can people hang out with you where would you like them to contact you well they can contact me everywhere um so um <laughs> Most uh, most of the uh, platforms, I'm as Katie Leta, so C-A-T-I-E-L-E-T-A. -E -E so there you find all my mm -hmm. fitness stuff, but also the um, social media strategy and business things. And yes, on mm -hmm. the professional platforms like LinkedIn, ResearchGate, I can mm. be found as Maren Katharina Preis. This um, very long German name, yeah. but I think it will be in the show I have, notes. I have the links. We will definitely link it will in, be the in the show, the show notes. notes. Sure. Um, so you can find me everywhere. You can contact me everywhere. Yes, and I'm always happy to connect and to get feedback. Yeah, and I feel like you could help a lot of people I on hope the podcast. So. Probably people listening. Mm -hmm. yes. Very cool. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure, and I can't wait to see you next time. And I'll definitely see you around the interwebs. You it was a pleasure for me. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. <laughs> Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs>